0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms
1: apply. Senator
0: Pat Toomey joins us to talk about issues from Washington, which we always appreciate. Hey, Pat, good morning.
1: Good morning, Sue. Thanks. Thanks for having me. But I thought I dialed into the wrong show when I heard Pink Floyd.
0: I know. Uh, that's well, you the would...
1: bumper music. Just saying. All
0: right. I know you've grown <laughs> accustomed to the almonds, but today we're doing back to school songs because it's that's that time right. of year. That makes sense. So let's talk, uh, first of all, about this hurricane that is devastating Texas and uh, the federal response.
1: Well, I'm not very close to that, as you might imagine, and of course, it's still unfolding. the The early indications I've seen is it seems that um, FEMA has, um, at least initially, been doing a pretty good job. Uh, they had, uh, you know, pre-deployed a lot of resources, and um, that's always a really important thing because you know people are going to be out of food and water and shelter, and and um, so. So hopefully um, they're getting to people. It's just, it's incredible what's been happening uh, in greater Houston. Um, and honestly, I've been surprised that we haven't heard about higher numbers of fatalities, just given the incredible severity of, uh, of this storm. Um, but, you know, so far uh, it's been devastating, but uh, loss of life has been, has been relatively minimized. And so that's, that's the good news.
0: Well, it looks like the aftermath. I saw a story today. There may be as many as 450,000 FEMA claims. And that is uh, something where there's always this discussion about how much involvement uh, should there be? How much can the United States uh, bear to commit to something like this? So I'm sure this will fall into your court at some point.
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be a very hotly debated issue because the federal flood insurance program is um, essentially insolvent and it is about to get hit with what might be the biggest wave of claims ever. So uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of
0: work to do. And that's not all the work that you have to do, by the way. I mean, there are countless issues that uh, the country is looking at uh, Washington to take up. And uh, the one that we talk about uh, periodically, and you can give us an update is any kind of legislation regarding tax reform. I know that that is an issue that you hold very near and dear to your heart because that that's an issue you were interested in well before you went yeah. to the Senate.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Sue, and I am cautiously optimistic. The reason I think tax reform is so important is because I think it's the single most important thing we can do to generate much stronger economic growth. You know, this has been a very weak recovery. And a weak recovery means wages are stagnant, people don't have a lot of good uh, options in in the the workforce, and they don't see their standard of living rising. And if we can reverse that by having a booming economy that responds to the incentives of uh, a much better tax code, why then wages will start rising and people will see that they'll be able to afford a better standard of living for themselves and their families. So, So it is a very high priority for me. And I, I, I'm, I will tell you, among Republican senators, it's the number one agenda item uh, for the remainder of the year. There are other things we need to do as well, but there's nothing more important than this. And um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll get something done.
0: Are you seeing any glimmers, Pat, that the economy is improving a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think you could make that case. Uh, you know, the American economy... Does better when the entire world economy is growing, and Europe has had an uptick uh, that is good for the American economy. Um, most of the big Asian economies are chugging along reasonably well, and that means those are those. Are, you know, we're a big exporter; those are big markets for us. Um, our own economy has been kind of holding its ground, growing at just less than two percent. That's weak. But it is growth. Um, so I think if we get tax reform done right, I, I think we could really have a boom.
0: Why are there so many people who remain pessimistic on this issue in your opinion?
1: Well, i'm I'm not sure. Um, it, you know, part of it, um, probably it might be related to the uh, extraordinary uh, monetary policy that the central banks around the world have pursued, including our own. I, I've been a critic of the idea of uh, a zero interest rate environment, which we had for years. We, we still are very close to zero, and that's, um, I, I think that's an artificial environment that creates risks to the economy. If people can't get a return on savings in a bank or buying the bonds, they tend to shift that money to other assets and bid up the price of those other assets, to uh, sometimes to levels that really are not economically sustainable. And, and there's a danger that that's what has been going on and that that's part of why the stock market is as high as it is. Um, and, and so if if this is all a little bit distorted by the monetary policy, then going back to a normal monetary policy, which the Fed says we're sort of beginning the process of doing, why some are concerned that that, that could unwind this abnormal um uh, inflation of asset prices and, and, and lead to problems. I, I think there is something to that theory, uh, but it, as I say, it's just a theory at this point. And I, I am sure of one thing, and that is if we get the incentives right in a good tax reform bill, uh, we're going we're, we're to mitigate any any harm and most likely have, um, I think, really good times for a while
0: you've heard the the rhetoric though that people say oh if if there is tax reform obviously it's the upper echelon that will benefit uh, the the middle class will once again sadly be left behind in any kind of a uh, reform what can you say patrick assure people in the middle class who have been hit really really hard these last couple of years what can you say to assure them that they are I, well,
1: included I can tell you that I, I have not met a senator yet that thinks that we ought to raise taxes on the middle class there isn't one <laughs> so that's not going to happen uh, I think there will be tax relief for the middle class I think there will be there needs to be tax relief for business we we put our businesses at a competitive disadvantage with the entire rest of the world and if it's Easier and better to do business in America. That means more investment, more jobs, higher wages. That's good for our middle class as well. So I'm, I I understand people, there's always a certain amount of skepticism, but I think people will be really pleased with the tax reform package, uh, assuming we can get it done, uh, And and, you know, that's the big test.
0: Every time when we talk, there's something different and brewing and controversial going on. And then it seems that that kind of goes on the back burner. Uh, Recently, you probably have been very aware of uh, the tension in in Charlottesville and the response of the president. And I know that uh, I believe you also put out a very short response to this. Uh, how, How do you see this issue, Pat?
1: Well, look, I, I think the president made a big mistake. In his initial response, the president um, suggested that I think he said something to the effect that there are a lot of really good people marching alongside with the bad guys like the neo-Nazis and the KKK and the white supremacists. I think that's a big mistake because good people do not do not join forces with those people, right? That, that is an outrageously awful set of ideas the the, the the best thing I can say about uh, these these crazy people is that there's so few of them right you know when they try to have a rally they have to have it in a phone booth because there's just uh, there's just nobody agrees with these views or at least it's a very very small percentage of people and I don't think the president was nearly as clear as he should have been uh, about denouncing those ideas um, so uh, he's tried to do that uh, since then. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I hope we're able to move on from this.
0: I think that sometimes there is another problem in the country that comes along and uh, puts something really in the rearview mirror. I hope so too. But you know, there's been all this discussion about. Uh, these statues that uh, right. many people find to be offensive. What, In your opinion, what should happen to them? Should they be left? Should they be moved? Should it be up so to the, I, the individuals I, yeah. who live in those communities to decide?
1: Ultimately, I think the last thing you just suggested should be the, the determining factor. I think the people in the communities in which these statues exist ought to decide. Do we want to keep the statue or not? Uh, the statues, to some people, represent... A essential part of our history. And the, the Civil War was the defining event of American history. It was the Civil War that really was revolutionary in terms of our uh, our, our society, our economy, um, the beginning of a process of, of extending freedom to African-Americans, people here of African descent. Um, and it took 100 years before we had a Voting Rights Act and a Civil Rights Act that, that really... Uh, w- was necessary even a even hundred years later. So it, it's been a very painful process. Um, it's an essential in, to understand that history to the extent that these statues are about reminding us and informing us of our history. I think the um, mayor of Richmond, I think an African-American, suggested that rather than tear down uh, Confederate statues, he's in favor of putting up a plaque that explains them and puts some context to me. That makes a lot of sense, but I don't live in Richmond. Right, and if in Richmond it really seems to represent an icon to the white supremacy movement, then I would understand people saying, "Look, let's let's get rid of it." I would I would leave that up to um, the people who uh, who drive by it every day on their way to work.
0: And uh, finally, because we're almost out of time, Pat, what about the president's remarks last week on Afghanistan?
1: Well. Uh, Here, I think the president made a very, very important and constructive departure from where we had been. You remember when President Obama uh, actually ordered a surge in American troops in Afghanistan, he never indicated that the goal was to, to achieve a victory, and he did indicate the precise date on which they would be removed which, of course, created every reason in the world for the Taliban and every other terrorist organization to just lie in wait. Now, why have the fight now when the president has announced that American troops will be gone soon? You can take over the country after they've left. And that's exactly what has happened. So President Trump insisted that it will be our strategy to have a victory over these terrorists who still wish to attack the United States. And he's not going to specify the exact number of troops. There's no need to tell the enemy uh, exactly what you're doing. And he's not going to specify a date on which they'll be withdrawn, but rather they'll be withdrawn depending uh, and based on facts on the ground. I think those principles are correct. And I do think it's necessary to stabilize the uh, ability of the Afghan people to defend themselves against the Taliban. They don't want to be ruled by the Taliban. Um, But if the Taliban come back, then we have to worry once again about them harboring al-Qaeda and ISIS and planning and executing attacks on us again. So I think this is a a move in the right direction.
0: U.S. Senator Pat Toomey, always great to talk to you. And next month when we talk, your almond brothers will be back.
1: (laughs) Okay. Thanks very much.